Welcome to another PA Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Nichols, alongside my co-host, Jason Gottesman, the spokesman for the House Republican Caucus here in Pennsylvania. And this week, we'd like to talk about the most transparent congressional redistricting process that Pennsylvania has ever seen. Oh, yes. Ever. Oh, yeah. Jason, tell us about what's going on here. What is the real story behind this, and, and, and why are we producing this way open method? Well, I think what we need to do is actually take a step back and see how congressional redistricting has taken place over the last uh, 10 years. Uh, it's been a very strange episode in, that, in the fact that uh, over the last 10 years, we've actually gone through two congressional redistricting processes. Uh, the one in uh, 2011, which was the first one in which the maps got drawn. Uh, I, that process was basically there was uh, a hearing. Uh, a week later, a map came out, and two days later, it was out of the House. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's not a transparent process. Later in 2018, when that map was uh, thrown out by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and what the New York Times labeled uh, became a, a Democrat gerrymander um, of a map. That map was created behind closed doors without any public input uh, and was just sprung upon the public as the that had the blessing of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And uh, the Supreme Court always feels like if the Supreme Court says it's good, then it must be good uh, because uh, they're the court. Yeah, lawmakers be damned. Uh, yes, uh, very much so. And so, you know, taking a look at this and also understanding that the public has taken a keen interest in the redistricting process at both the, the congressional level and the, uh, the, the state level, um, you know, we wanted to sit down and say, what can we do to restore public confidence in the process and make the process better so that uh, the product is better? Because when you do have a better process, you end up with a better product, um, despite the skepticism of some uh, media outlets out there who do not feel as though a better process results in better outcomes. Uh, that's certainly not the approach that we're taking. We worked in consultation with some members who had bills, uh, chiefly Representative Wendy Thomas, who has sponsored House Bill 22 here in this chamber. And, um, you know, House Bill 22 would deal with both the state and congressional redistricting uh, portions. But really what we have control over since the state redistricting process is done with the House and Senate on a, 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 an independent commission uh, that, that includes uh, all the, the floor leaders and, and a fifth member who's chosen uh, by either them or the courts, in this case, the courts, um, you know, we wanted to make sure this congressional redistricting process, which the House has control over uh, in our chamber before the Senate, the Senate goes through their own drill, was uh, as as transparent as possible. So we used the congressional redistricting portion of House Bill 22, Representative Thomas's bill, as a model uh, for how we're going to be transparently going through this process here in the coming weeks and months. And this really gives an opportunity for the people to have their voice heard in this process. A lot of the times, as you said, this is a backdoor, backroom process. This one is going to be right up front, and people are going to be able to put their two cents in. Uh, yeah, more than their two cents, uh, frankly, because th there's a plenty of opportunity for public participation and public awareness. First of all, there's going to be 10 hearings held across the state starting uh, on Thursday, July 22nd, where there's going to be a background hearing held here in Harrisburg on uh, the issue. Uh, and, and, you know, talk with, like, legal experts and stakeholders and stuff. And then uh, they're, the committee's going to go on the road. The House State Government Committee, chaired by Representative Seth Grove, who held a nonpartisan substantive process when it came to the election uh, reform bill that was really the envy of similarly situated entities across the country, uh, will be doing a similar deep dive into, uh, you know, communities of interest and what redistricting means uh, across the state so that, you know, folks have a, a say into what their congressional districts make up 
up is. And then on top of that, I think the really interesting part is, is even outside of the context of the hearings where there we will have a publicly accessible website. It's already up and running, www.paredistricting.com. It's spelled exactly like it sounds. And um, it, it allows uh, people right now it's it's a it's a way to ensure that, um, you know, there's an archive for the hearings and that people can watch the live streams there and all of that stuff. But as we get the information from the Census Bureau and uh, we get the ups- website updated, it will allow people to, one, submit their own congressional maps. Uh, Pennsylvania residents will have the ability to submit maps that they've drawn according to the same parameters by which we need to draw them. Uh, and, and they can be considered by the committee and, and will be reviewed uh, in, in the ongoing process of, of deciding on what a map will look like. Uh, it will also allow people to submit their own communities of interest. Uh, you know, if you feel like Bucks County, for instance, has traditionally been its own congressional district. Um, the right, right now, Pennsylvania's first congressional district is Bucks County and has a small portion of Montgomery County. But it will like allow people to make the case for keeping that particular community together. Um, and that's important because, you know, we need to make sure that these districts are uh, reflective of the various communities as a whole. Um, and, 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 you know, that person in Congress reflects the nature of their entire community. So, um, you know, communities of interest are a very important stake uh, and, and piece of information in drawing this the, this congressional map. The, 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 the other thing that allow people to do is comment on the current congressional map. Now, our current uh, number of congressmen and women here in Pennsylvania is 18. Uh, we're losing a seat go, going forward. So, of course, the new map won't look like the, the old map, but it will give people the, the ability to comment on it, especially since that map was drawn uh, basically in secret by the Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Nobody had any public input on it whatsoever, including uh, the people's voices here in, in the legislature. So um, it's a very transparent process. Uh, it will have a, a robust participation by Pennsylvanians. And um, I, I think, you know, one of the more important parts here is really the ability of these citizens themselves to take control and have a say in submitting their own maps in an official way and not just through some PR stunt or uh, trying to get the attention of, of other Pennsylvanians. It's a um, a, a really um, you know keen way in which we've we've tried to develop this process to make a better product. And I hate to use this as a segue, but speaking of PR stunts, the president was in Philadelphia this week and made some statements that, while he claims were not hyperbolic, were arcing toward hyperbolic at the very least. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War over voting rights. Obviously, we've had a battle recently here in our Commonwealth about this. What would you say about what the the president iterated earlier this week in Philadelphia? Well, it just doesn't jive really with the facts on the ground. Now, I mean, you can pick and choose what facts you want to articulate and and emphasize, but it it seems as though President Biden was here mostly to uh, have a CYA moment because he's getting some flack from his own party in terms of uh, not doing enough to stand up for voting rights. Um, It was interesting. I was reading a PolitiFact analysis of the claim that he made that state lawmakers are trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And PolitiFact is often a left-leaning, fact-checking source. um, And... And uh, is is sort of unreliable if you're looking for real facts. But if you want to see what Democrats and the left find are facts, you can go there. And um, they said that they weren't even going to do a truth meter rating of the president's remarks on 
uh, state lawmakers are trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election because the evidence is scant that that's actually what they want to do. And they try to give the, the Democrat president cover in, in trying to not give this truth-o-meter. But um, ultimately, what, what they came to the conclusion of was, was that's not really what's happening. There's a lot of bluster and a lot of uh, fuss around the issue of audits. There's a lot of, uh, lot of news being made, but the facts on the ground remain that nobody has actually taken affirmative steps to try to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And um, what steps have been taken, the official steps have been to uh, say that we are going to respect the results and, and move on. And I think that's that's very important. You know, Pennsylvania Republicans, especially here in the House, uh, have led the charge on uh, expanding voting rights and voting access over the last two sessions. Um, you know, if you want to talk to someone who has said they were either going to either going to veto or actually did veto bills that expanded voting rights and made it easier for people to vote, uh, that's Tom Wolf. Uh, he has vetoed the Pennsylvania Voting Rights Protection Act, which would allow many things like uh, early in-person voting, uh, the legalization and regulation of drop boxes, um, you know, pre-canvassing time, which is important, and, and deadline changes, which were important to the county commissioners. Uh, House Bill 2626, which he said he was going to veto last session, uh, also provided additional pre-canvassing time, uh, made sure that every person's vote was respected by including additional security measures that, uh, that, that made uh, sure that uh, potential voter fraud was at least uh, dealt with on the front end rather than finding out it existed on the back end. And, you know, voting security means protecting voting rights by making sure every vote counts uh, and is not canceled out by a fraudulent vote. So, um, you know, look, Pennsylvania Republicans, especially here in the House, have taken the stance of we need to make sure that voting rights are protected by making it easier to vote and harder to cheat. We've uh, we've accomplished that goal a number of times uh, by passing legislation out of this chamber that accomplishes that, only to be found uh, that uh, the governor wants to play partisan politics with his veto pen uh, as his only way of engaging in the process. And that's been a shame. And frankly, the only person standing in the way of voting rights in Pennsylvania is Tom Wolf. One thing that really bothers me about this when we talk about this subject is that when it is brought up, and, and this is where I think the hyperbolic nature of the discussion is is based, is they make it seem like voting is a hard thing to do in Pennsylvania or in any state. It's really not hard. If you go online and look when you need to register, you can register, get that taken care of, and then you just show up at the poll and vote, or you request your absentee ballot and you vote. It's not complex. It's not hard. And they're making it seem like it's some kind of 50,000 hoops you have to jump through every time you want to vote. What is the good reason for making it seem like this is such a difficult process? Politics that really does not jive with reality. It's been interesting watching Democrats do, you know, gymnastics mentally uh, to try to get around this idea of voter ID. Now you have some on the left who's saying we've never been opposed to voter ID. Uh, you have Kamala Harris, the vice president, who recently said uh, that voter ID should be. Uh, um, Voter ID should be opposed because rural Americans do not have access to photocopiers and won't be able to make photocopies of their ID to send in with mail-in ballots. Um, basically, saying like poor white people can't can't make copies at Kinkos. Uh, she said that I don't know if the Kinkos is still open. Yeah, I don't, I don't know think if so. anyone makes copies at Kinkos uh, anymore. Yeah, I just make them in the printer in my house. Um, you can usually buy one of those at Target. Um, so I don't know exactly what she's talking about there. But um, you know, this is exactly what they think. They they don't really know. I mean, if you start, if you actually do any reading, if you do anything that looks at voter ID, usually it finds that. 
while Democrats say it's nefarious in the intent of Republicans, having voter ID laws actually ends up backfiring on Republicans because there's a greater emphasis on voter turnout and identification and uh, and, and information on behalf of Democrats. So it ends up being a, uh, a negative effect uh, for cumulative for Republicans. And while it helps us restore faith in our confidence in our election system, it actually helps Democrats boost their turnout. So, um, you know, look, if, if Democrats want to keep losing elections under the current structure, uh, like they did here in Pennsylvania in 2020, then that's up to them. Uh, we're interested in modernization, security, uh, and accessibility in terms of our elections. Real quick, I just want to go back to something on the the um, the, the redistricting port portion. A lot of criticism I've seen is that on congressional redistricting as much as state redistricting, the legislature needs to give its power to an independent commission. Well, I truly believe, and I've heard it said before, that the Pennsylvania House of Representatives and the Pennsylvania General Assembly is the greatest Citizens Commission ever comprised. Um, this transparent process uh, allows for public input, allows lawmakers to be influenced by the people they represent, and Pennsylvanians across the Commonwealth. Um, you're not going to get a greater tr- process out of this, uh, especially when we're coming in from redistrict- congressional redistricting. We're not drawing our own maps. Uh, and this, the, the, the state maps come from a commission comprised of not only the floor leaders, but a fifth member picked who's like the tie-breaking vote, uh, that's an independent pick. So you have a commission there. You have uh, the greatest citizens commission ever uh, created in the Pennsylvania General Assembly that will be doing the congressional map. So there's nothing to do with our own seats. Uh, And so that criticism is just sort of unwarranted. And I just wanted to address that. This has been the PA Policy Podcast. Tune in for more on PA House Podcasts.